educating our community about the impacts of gambling harm, live from McKillop College, Werribee in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to our Gambling Harm Podcast on Live FM. Welcome everyone live from McKillop College, Werribee in Melbourne, Australia. We're, um, you're listening to our Gambling Podcast on Live FM. My name is Zach um, and my co-hosts today are Harry, Harry Jack, um, Ben, Chris, Cyrus. And um, our special guest today is Dan, the person who has experienced gambling harm. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Welcome. Um, so first question for today, Dan, is um, tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself and um, how you started gambling. I uh, started gambling when I was 16. Uh, to be part of uh, my local cricket club's uh, gambling fund on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, spring carnival went hand in hand with cricket season starting. Um, and that was my introduction. So I would work the local sports store on a Friday night, take my $20 of my $25 that I got for that and put it all into a gambling fund that I had no idea or understanding of what I was betting on, but just wanted to be part of my peers and their what to me looked like a fun activity. So that was my introduction to gambling. Um, and then that continued for the next uh, 25 years. Right. So obviously you were probably exposed to gambling at a young age and probably would have seemed normal at that point. Yeah, it was. So none of my family gambled. Um, so that was sort of late in my teenage years that became and being part of a local footy club and cricket club became aware of what was going on and, um, it just looked like fun, and when they celebrated and had a had a win, um, that was what you wanted to be part of. So yeah, that that definitely drew me into it for sure. Yeah, right. Um, what kind of things would you say you would bet on? Uh, in early days, it was mainly just horse racing. Um, in the later years, when I became uh, when the gambling got right out of control. Uh, Horse racing, football, and NBA basketball was where I spent a lot of time and money wasted. How have you made money, or like how much have you made from gambling, or and also lost from gambling? Haven't made any. <laughs> Haven't made any. <laughs> no, definitely not. So over the years, so uh, one of my counselors, my first counselors when I seeked help and guidance, um, yep. she asked me to go away and try to calculate what I thought I would have lost. Mm-hmm. And I think it was potentially um, around that 300,000 mark for sure. And But that doesn't include, and this is where we talk about two gamblers still having a problem. So a gambler will go, so if you give a gambler $200 to go and bet with, hmm. and that person with the $200 um, makes or gets up to $5,000, but then on the same night they lose it all. If you ask the gambler how much they've lost, they'll say they lost $200. Yeah. They won't say they've lost five thousand because they only went with two hundred. In their mind, they've only lost the two hundred dollars. So there was many times through my gambling career where I'd won money over a weekend and then gave it all back over the same time. So that figure would be more for sure. So um, with going on the winning, what well, what do you reckon? Um, like winning but still classifying it as losing. What do you reckon you're on? Like the biggest win you would have got would have been if you like taken out the fact that it would have gone again. I can tell you exactly, and I could probably tell you the weekend that it happened, <laughs> which is pretty sad. Uh, I won uh, just under $50,000 on a multi. Jesus. So I, 
Um, I always look back. I have a problem with looking back. I did for a long yeah. time about yesterday and what ifs. Uh, that weekend was definitely a what if. I always, for a long time, I thought, if I had stopped on that weekend, where would I be now? How, how, my, how different would my life would be? But, yeah, winning that money, within two weeks it was all gone. So, um, When did you realise it became a problem? Uh, if I'm being honest, uh, probably very early on, but uh, when it when I started, probably when I started to do it by myself on a regular occurrence. Yeah, yeah. So for a long time during my footy, when uh, with the binge drinking and the and the gambling went hand in hand, never sort of thought saw it as a problem. It was, but um, it was the later in life when I was doing and doing it in work time as well. That was another big yeah. giveaway for me. What would you say gambling is to you now? Good question. Um, yeah, horrible, uh, horrible thing. Um, uh, I can't use any colourful language, but I would like to. Uh, it's taken part of my life and I made some horrible, terrible decisions. I've missed time with my daughter. It's been, and it's affecting other people exactly the same as me because they're going through exactly the same roller coaster and hurtful time and a lot of hurt with family. So, yeah, it's a horrible thing. Um, what kind of mental health issues do you reckon you face across that period? Uh, in, ga- in the gambling form, just the lies um, and not talking to anyone about my problems and getting some help. So I had some things I had to work on from my past, which eventually I did. Um, should have, in the in looking back, should have done that a lot earlier in my life. Um, and just asking for help. We just, as blokes, country blokes, we don't ask for help. You better... you. You become this stigma about saying, I'm struggling, I need a I need a hand, or can you come around and give me a hand? Even even the kids are giving me a hard time. Can you come and help me with that? Yeah. We don't ask for help. So um, yeah, look, if I could go back to my 20-year-old self and say, well, you're gonna go through some hard times, which we all are. Um, ask for help and get some help from your good mates. Yeah, you see all these people that do gambling professionally. What do you think of that? Um Gambling stories can be like fishing stories. The one that got away, I had this big one nearly in the boat. I'm sure there is some professional punters out there and there's probably some professional punters that do quite well, but I don't know any. Um, and through my respin talk, I, there's a couple of guys that do uh, talks like I do and they're both ex- supposedly ex-professional gamblers. So, yeah, look, and I have friends who still gamble. I'm not against anyone who wants to have a bet. The things probably that really roll me is the advertising of gambling. Yeah. Um, that's probably the thing that gets up my goat. Everyone, anyone who can do it in moderation and it's not a problem, fine. Anyone who can drink is fine. Do you know what I mean? Like we have things that's when it gets out of control, that's yeah. when it becomes hard for everybody. Um, whilst going through your gambling addiction, did you ever like want to approach anyone or decide to approach anyone? No, wasn't courageous or man enough to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so I had to hit rock bottom. So... With my peer connection program, when someone comes to me and they've got there before they've hit rock bottom, I'm so envious of that. I'm so proud of them for doing that because I wasn't. I had to hit rock bottom. I had to lose my job. I had to lose my family. And then I had one way to go. I was either going to jump off the bridge on the Western Highway or do something about my problem and take it on board that I had a problem. Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing too. You've got to admit I've got some issues and I need to deal with it. And when I say that, I need to deal with it. It's not someone else's yeah. problem or fault. You need to get yourself right. So, 
Just a quick recap um, for anyone who's just tuning in. You're listening to our gambling podcast on Live FM, live from McKillop College, Werribee, Melbourne, Australia. My name is Zach. Um, my co-hosts today are Harry, Jack, Ben, Chris, and Cyrus. And our special guest today is Dan, a person who's experienced um, gambling harm. So, yeah. Is there... um what, what was going through your mind when you were on the bridge? Uh, the easy way out, like the easiest way to – so I couldn't come up with a way of repaying the money I owed legally. wanted to fix it tomorrow um, and at that stage wasn't prepared for the hard work that was ahead. So, yeah, pretty much through that whole thing, trying to – well, I look back now, take the easy way out. And um, obviously cause a lot more pain by doing that. But, um, yeah, that was just to stop the hurt, I suppose. And, yeah. Um, did anyone ever come up to you and say you have a problem? Yeah, good question. <laughs> uh, what, no, one, I had one mate come to me in that time when I was finished footy and gambling. So I became a recluse. Um, wouldn't had every excuse in the world for not going out or not catching up with mates. So you go from playing footy where you see each other three times a week to not. And he came around to the house and said, look, something's not right with you. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? You know, and I denied, denied, denied. I said, no, nah, look, I'm just struggling. I've got a new baby girl, works hard. We've all heard these conversations many times and, and, and fobbed him off. Um, again, my old me, would have. I went back and thought, oh, what if I had asked for help at that time? How would my life be different? But I didn't, and but I'm still very grateful for uh, Rod coming and trying, and, yeah. and and that's all you can do. You can only offer your help. Um, addictive personalities need to have their 100 percent that they want to change. Um, and at that stage, I didn't want him, and I didn't think I had a problem at the same time. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. So when you hit rock bottom and you were sleeping on your mum's couch, yep. what do you think your mum thought of you? Oh, if she had her way, I'd probably still be on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think mum's loves, regardless, um, she was probably a hindrance in a way because she was like, she was just super positive. Yeah. I probably needed to hear some tough love from mum, but um, yeah, she was just great and supportive. And um, yeah, like I can't thank her enough for that time. So she just, yeah, 100% supported me and yeah, forever grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, how would you say your life has changed since you stopped gambling? A lot less stressful. Don't stress nearly as much as I used to. Um, I feel better about myself that I'm actually doing some good things in life. Uh, E.g. today's podcast um, and telling my story out there. Uh, I have a wonderful relationship with my 14-year-old daughter, um, which was a, it was a battle at a couple of stages during my recovery. And I just enjoy life more. Um, enjoy the little things and enjoy uh, helping people. Um, it's been a massive, if I could go back to my 20-year-old self, I'd say volunteer and get your butt into helping others because that gives you a huge sense of feeling good about yourself as well along the journey. So how did you go about starting the journey to quit? Uh, from the bridge probably. That was probably, and I, again, I, as I said before, I wasn't brave enough to stop myself. Right. So I sort of pushed into that spot. But then because people say, oh, you're so courageous for coming and getting getting yourself right, well, it was either that or I'd probably be in jail. That's my two choices of where I would have ended up or take my own life. Um, so I had to um, get myself back on track that way. Um, would you say you've fully recovered yet or? Yes. 
I think I'm still I still introduce myself and 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 you guys that I'm a, a lived experience, but I'm a I'm a recovered gambler, and I was talking to people before, and we talk about with addictive personalities that you you were built a bit different, and if you've got that sort of in you, you we're all built a little bit different. So we talk about having a button in our chest, and you're going to have to work for the rest of your days to keep it in the off position. So I'll still always have to keep working at it. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to our gambling podcast on Live FM from Kilt College, Werribee, Australia. My name is Zach. My co-hosts are Harry, Jack, Cyrus, um, Ben and Chris. And our special guest today is Dan, a recovered um, gambling addict. Cheers. Um, just on that last one, Dan, yep. just wondering, do you still feel like any, any um, temptations Urges? to gamble? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not anymore. I did for a long while. So probably for the first 18 months of non-gambling, I'd actually – the route that I took for work, I would go a different way so I wouldn't go past a pub tab or a venue that I could go into. Um, I wouldn't during spring carnival. I would always make sure I played golf in the afternoon when all the races were on. So you have to try and take as much as you can out of it, the temptation for me it was. Um, I had friends who looked after me. If we did catch up for dinner, we wouldn't go to a venue. We'd go to a, just a restaurant. So there was no gaming or anything in that in that venue. So I had friends who helped helped me along the way. Um, no urges now. I don't have any. Um, uh, yeah, but for a little while, in the early stages of recovery, yes, for sure. Let's start. Um, so with not having any of the urges anymore, would, are you like now able to go into those sort of venues, like the restaurants that have – the pokers and all that and then yeah. all that sort of stuff? Yeah, definitely. And even to the point like it's – and it's good that it's come across. So I go on a golf trip and for a long while on the golf trip, we were really mindful about where we went. So if I'm going okay, I'll have a couple of guys. And when I say a couple of guys, they were that <coughs> core group of friends that I spoke to very early on. And if I'm going okay, I'll hear in the background, hey, Dan, what's going to win race five at Caulfield today? So probably a lot of people think that's totally an inappropriate question. Yep. It's just a bit of banter and it's just keeping it out in the open and I absolutely have no problem with it. And I still have some friends who gamble and um, I don't have a problem with that as long as it doesn't become a problem for them. Yep. So have you um, maybe rebuilt any of those past relationships that you might have lost? Uh, yes, a couple, but some no. So um, probably from my ex-wife's side, um, no. They're, and they still see me as that person that I was for the last two years and, and nothing's going to, I do, is going to change that. I just make, need to make sure that I'm a good father to my daughter and I work with, because obviously you still have some relationship with mum and dad um, in different houses. Uh, so as long as I'm doing everything in that regard, that's all I can do. So. Um, do you think, going back on that last point, do you yep. think distracting yourself was a good thing to get out of or was there something else you could have done differently to help? In what? In sorry. So going back a couple of points, we yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about. Do you think you did, you said you distracted yourself oh, with in the a lot recovery of other things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, and I think you need the other thing we talk about. So you gamble your gambling life is X amount of hours a week. For me, it was somewhere between five and ten hours a week I'd spend on gambling, whether that was looking at results or the, you have to fill that time or something. But all of a sudden, you've got this five or ten hours spare. If you don't fill it with anything, you're only going to keep thinking about gambling, when should I gamble, and it makes it even harder to stop. So, yeah, you definitely need to fill that time or something. So when you did gamble, how many times do you think you went, like bet on things a day or? Oh, 
I can remember in the last couple of months, I was gambling on and off seven days a week. Yeah. Um, and I can remember in that last week before I gambled, I was betting on a basketball match in Italy and tennis matches in Europe that I didn't even know who was playing. Just random things. Just absolutely. I might as well bet on whatever, but I had no idea about what was going on. Yeah. But in the end, it was just such a, a stress to not have a bet on. So mm. I had to, for me to calm down, it was like once I had a bet on, didn't matter what it was, obviously. Um, as long as I had a bet on, I sort of felt okay. Um, it's probably the best way to describe it, yeah. So how much reckon you spent and lost on gambling? Yeah, I was just before, it was pretty hard to, because there'd be days where I probably went with $1,000, got up $20,000 over the weekend and then lost it all by Monday. Yeah, wow. So in, in a gambler's head, I'd say I only lost $1,000 that weekend. Yeah. But really, and if any normal person, I've lost 20000 because I had 20000 in my hand. But yeah, it would have been somewhere between $300,000 unofficially, but there would be more than that for sure. Yeah. Uh, where are some places people can go to help? Uh, the Gambler's Help website is a great resource. You've got uh, direction to Peer Connection, which I'm involved with. Uh, Respin, again, there's a fantastic podcast uh, called Not a Dollar More, which is about 10 podcasts of uh, affected people and recovered people and how they've grown, um, which is really good to listen to because a lot of people in recovery don't want to go to Gamblers Anonymous where there's 20 people sitting around a room and tell it's, it can be quite intimidating for yeah. them. Um, so there's a lot of resources within the Gamblers Help website, uh, private and in group therapy as well. Would you say you've ever relapsed back into gambling? No, I haven't. I can confidently say my last bet was uh, Anzac Day 2012. So I quite often look back now. So Anzac Day's taken on a different meaning. So for 42 years, I always said I was too busy to go to an Anzac Day celebration. I've been to nine out of 11 now since I've stopped gambling. Um, so Anzac Day has a, a, a double meaning, but I haven't bet since uh, 11 years just gone by. It's really impressive. Thank you. Um, so we uh, had a quick read of your biography earlier. Yep. And I noticed down the bottom it mentioned um, the Collingwood Football Club and the Doggy. What was your relationship with them? Um, so the Western Bulldogs run a Sons of the West program. Yeah. Um, which is uh, being from Ballarat. There's a lot of work out they do out there. And it's all about getting people who are a little bit isolated, um, older men who have potentially lost loved ones and are doing it a bit hard um, back into the community. And I do some work with them. Uh, Collingwood was my first club that I did from an AFL so it went and told my story um, and I always talk about who and what and um, that was the first year Mason Cox was out here and he's just such a lovely gentleman of a fellow and I had an issue with one person of the club who's still there now I won't mention his name yeah. <laughs> um, but when I do say his name people go oh that doesn't surprise me um, but they were great and they were really good and just trying to – it's just about awareness and pe and getting people to talk about it. I think that's the big thing if we can openly talk about issues and gambling and I think that's a really good thing. Who do you follow on the footy? I follow the Hawks. Right. We're struggling a little bit at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a daughter who's mad and she's um, mad Hawthorne as well and she's coming to the footy all the time now and she's struggling a little bit. So when I tell her about in the 80s when we played in seven grand finals in a row, she's like – what? How did that happen? So, um, just do you, where do you think? Like, what do you think you would be, or like, where would you be now if you didn't get help and stop? If I hadn't stopped, 
Well, I reckon, yeah, good question. Uh, I reckon probably the weak part of my personality would have folded up and moved into state. And I don't reckon I'd have any relationship with my daughter at all. Um, the real weak me probably would have either taken my own life, but I don't reckon I was strong enough to do that, and or in jail, getting caught for moving money and um, charges against me and being in jail. So, yeah. Where do you think you would have been if you didn't start gambling? Ooh. I'd have a lot more money in the bank, that's for sure. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, yeah, different. And it goes back to those what-ifs that I, I speak about. Um, yeah, I do have thoughts on that, but I try not to look back on that. Um, yeah, my life would definitely be different. I hope that I'd have more money. I think would my early relationships, would they have stayed together because I wasn't gambling and telling all the lies and the crap that goes with that? So, yeah, I do wonder, but I'm – Trying me working on me, um, I try not to look back. I try to look forward and what's ahead of me. So, so um, what were some of the, like when it was going through your mind of how am I going to get money? What am I going to do? Yep. What were some of the things that were going through your mind on how you were going to get it and stuff? Uh, who I could rob, um, whether that was a store, bank, how I could potentially rip off family and friends. Um, including my mum, how I could get money off her, how I could put her house on the market. Um, yeah, all things that uh, when you look back on, you're just ashamed that you even I thought about that. Um, but, yeah, it definitely did for sure because you're just trying to get an easy way out. You're trying to fix it just like that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do the work to fix it. Were there any times where you had – you? didn't have the money and you had you had gone and asked someone else for money or something like that? Um, no, I can actually say no. It was all my doing. Um, got uh, extensions and uh, with the bank and pleaded with them not to take the car. I nearly had a car repossessed at one stage. So with that, but no, I never went to friends other than when I hit rock bottom. Um, obviously, my mum helped me out a bit and uh, I had to pay her back. And, but yeah, no, all good. So final question um, for today is what kind of advice would you have for people struggling with gambling? Good question again. Some good questions today. <laughs> um, be brave enough to ask for help. Don't be um, – put more faith in your family and friends. Um, I didn't do that and my friends, although had some – we had some uncomfortable pauses and a few of uh, – you're a bloody dickhead um, – <laughs> Absolutely 100% supported me. And I think when we're struggling, we need to put more faith in our family and friends and professionals that people are there and willing to help and get you out of the struggle that you're in and willing to help. So, yeah, ask for help in whatever the reason may be. So um, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest, Dan. Um, it's been a great pleasure talking to you today. Um, we're live from McKillop College, Werribee in Melbourne. Australia, um, have you you have been listening to our gambling podcast on Live FM? My name is Zach, and my co-hosts today were Harry, Jack, Ben, Chris, and Cyrus. Um, thank you for joining us today, and we hope you have found information today useful. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks, 
Educating our community about the impacts of gambling harm live from McKillop College, Werribee in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM. Start the party, celebrate. I'm sick of nonsense. I want to elevate from that familiar feeling. Pick up my role, stress keeps 